Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, don't call it a comeback. Call it the biggest comeback ever. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through love. Great to have you along for the ride once again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts each weekday. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started we are coming to you on the heels of a big 12 basketball win for our team texas tech chris not only does not lose by 34 points to iowa state again they actually pull off the improbable and get a win and they just doubled down on giving you your money's worth because they made it probably as entertaining as it could be took them to overtime and at the end of the night chris you not only had a win but you had your biggest comeback in the history of the program, knocking down a mark that has stood since, I believe, 1997. You just said before we came on air, yeah, let's try and make sense of this. I don't know if we can, because that was one of the wildest things uh, I've seen play out on a basketball floor. How about you? I don't know what is more bizarre right now. What went on in that building uh, versus Iowa State or what's going on at the Dallas Zoo uh, right now uh, with all those animals? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, got monkeys and leopards getting out, like, uh, spaced out. Lemurs and leopards and it, vultures dying, turkeys kidnapped. Yeah, it's it's like, but, yeah. We, we're Check out not- that show, Locked on Dallas Zoo, another great show on the network. <laughs> <laughs> weirdest night I've I've, uh, I've experienced in in that building from the standpoint of it just it wasn't like a a good game it wasn't it, it was just weird yeah. like I don't I, I I'm trying to make sense of it it's like I mean part of me is thinking like was was somebody on Iowa State's team trying to shave points was. Were you just playing possum for thirty minutes? Were you? I mean, I, I don't, I don't have any idea what the heck is is because Iowa State just fell apart, and you were, you were dead in the water. You, you, you were. I mean, they were making everything. The one guy you couldn't let shoot it, Caleb Grill, got you know nine, you know uh, shots early on. He makes eight of the nine, and it's like you, you got you got to try to stop the one guy. Just don't let him shoot it, and then he just got. The layups, uh, you know, just, hey, come on. Yeah, come come make a layup. There's not going to be any uh, resistance here. Uh, I think points in the paint at one point <laughs> in that game were 30 to 12 in favor of Iowa State. Mm. And, and then and then it and then it all wasn't. And then it, 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 you know, grill doesn't make anymore. And then it's no free layups. And then it's just Iowa State's just like, hey, if you want the ball, just take it, man. I don't really want it. Uh and I, I, I just – it's just bizarre. And, and here's the craziest thing that I, I was trying to process. We, we, we look at uh, – typically, you always do. Uh, Vegas 
So the night before the game, Iowa State's a point and a half favorite. You know, I, I always like to look at this just to kind of feel for a okay, what 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 do the folks in Nevada think? What what's kind of expected to happen? You know, whatever with with, with the you know the tech and and the game that they're involved in and around the league as well. You kind of give a a, a a fairly good idea of of things. Um, and so Iowa State point and a half didn't really surprise me. And then by tip-off, though, Texas Tech is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And so I'm thinking, okay, if you've taken Texas Tech and then the score is 59-36, to I mean, you've torn your ticket up. You've, like, MF'd everybody. You've just, like, you're just done. Like, I've had it. (laughs) And then you're, you're like, the guy over there going, does anybody have any tape? Can I piece this thing together and tape it back and turn it in? I mean, and you and you end up winning by half a point if, if that's what you had. So I was just, yeah, the whole thing is the Amazing. most bizarre thing I'd seen in a long time. Sports, man. I mean, yeah. I, I, I got no explanation for it. Yeah, how many times at the end of the night do you say, hey, Vegas knows, and I thought yesterday, this isn't going to be one of those times, but I will be damned. I will be damned. They knew, again, I've probably, I mean, I, I don't know, I've been racking my brain since it happened, uh, to think of another just wild turn of events uh, like what we saw there. Because you're right, it wasn't like it was some competitive game, you know, all the way through. These teams really battled out. No, it was like Iowa State was smacking you around. And then all of a sudden they said, you know what? We'd like a few smacks. Thank you, sir. May I have another? They went full. They went full Kevin Bacon in their underwear by the end of the second half. I don't. I've never seen such a we're transition. We're tired of playing Chris. good basketball. Okay, we're just tired of playing right. good basketball. I mean, we are exhausted. We feel like we've done it for thirty minutes. Hey, your turn. Your 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 turn to, to do it. I mean, last place versus first place. There's so many different contexts to this that just spin it in a wild direction. You, I mean, you can't win close games. You can't finish games. This one, you couldn't really start. So it's like the roles were reversed. I mean, you did all. It was you were all about the finish in this one. You just couldn't you couldn't start it, uh, or the or the meat in the old sandwich sucked. Um, I, I just I, I, I'm just and, and here is the the basketball part. Here, here's the interesting. Okay, let's thing. get to that. Yeah, yeah. Is I I felt like you maybe had found something versus LSU, and what I mean by that is Kerwin Walton, five of six from three, goes for seventeen points kind of plays to what you you had needed from him, okay? Provides some scoring, does some different things. Elijah Fisher off the bench, nine rebounds, five points, a couple of steals, a block shot, okay? Maybe you found something. You've got some minutes, some quality minutes off the bench. And these two guys aren't really a part of any of this. I mean, they're not a part of any of it. So, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I got, I got nothing, man. I, I just, it was the damnedest thing I've ever seen. And I mean, this one will haunt, uh, TJ Otzelberger's team. I mean, this is one they absolutely let get away. Uh, and this is why Kansas wins the big 12 most years because they don't lose games like this, you know, that they, they come into Lubbock. And as we saw, I didn't agree with the way that game was officiated down the stretch, but they figure out a way to win that that game. Iowa State couldn't do it. And you're up 23, but you you, you look up the, the foul count a bit lopsided, free throw attempts a bit lopsided. Iowa State though missed, they missed nine free throws in this game. They turned it over 17 yep. times. Okay. And they're 
it was Grill and Kausher and Lipsy. They're, they're stud three guards, their primary ball handlers. Uh, they turn it over 12 times of the 17, four each. So I, I can't I can't feel sorry for them. They they screwed this up, you know. I mean, there's no oh we got hosed by a call or any of that any of that. No, you just you know, uh, Texas Tech just got you, man. I mean, and, and yeah, twelve and change or maybe ten minutes to go. Hacks uh, asked me on the broadcast, "You think they got a run in them?" I'm like, "Well, I mean, you, you better." You know, and so you better start right now because it's just, I mean, it's a lot of points and not much time left. But what Mark Adams did that really changed the game, or Al Pinkins or whoever's idea it was, is that they decided to go small ball. You know, you had Kevin O'Banner at the five, and it just kind of freaked Iowa State out, and they had a hard time matching up with it. Uh, and, you know, they're not the deepest team, they have a freshman point guard, but we didn't see Bacho the last 10 to 12 minutes. You didn't see Robert Jennings. You didn't see K.J. Allen. I um, mean, it was strictly O'Banner, and then you just kind of shuffled the guards in and out, uh, and it really gave Iowa State a lot of problems. But it, it you I, shuffled the guards in and out, but there was no Walton or Fisher a part of it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're good. I was going to ask you about Bacho. I'm glad you brought that up because um, I was kind of wondering, was that hand forced to have to go smaller? What, what was the deal with Bacho? Was there – like a, a new injury or re-aggravating something? Or was it just a decision from the coaching staff to go that route? But first, today's episode brought to you by America's number one sports book, FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because I've got so many great features to make your betting experience fun and easy, even if you're a beginner. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. So that's a free $150 in free bets when you place your first $5 bet by going to fanduel.com slash locked on. They've got all your favorite bets for the money line to point spreads, player props, and all points in between. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. You know what that's about. All on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. So don't miss out. Football fan, basketball fan, whatever fan. Place your first $5 bet today to get $150 bucks in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. And make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. What, what was the deal with Bacho? Was there like a, a new injury or re-aggravating something? Or was it just a decision from the coaching staff to go that route? I, I think it was uh, – however, however we want to we phrase this, but I think that they, they had elected this is how we, we, we have a best chance to get back in this game. But also mm. they could help that decision because Bacho's knee was bothering him. And I think that Mark Adams gotcha. talked about that after the game that his knee was kind of tightened up. He just the, the kid just hadn't been right, yeah. man. And it's just uh, when, when he's you know I, I think against LSU he looked like he was there with a purpose, and you know in in this game it just like he 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 just didn't play well and didn't have a didn't have it. Uh, and I think that you know we we point to them as college athletes we think about how the way that things used to be and people were tougher and you know you hear all this load management stuff 
it's hard though playing on a Saturday <laughs> turn around and playing on a Monday you know I mean because I think I you saw with Iowa State I think they you saw them feeling it too because they were they, they yeah. you know in Columbia Missouri on a Friday they they play on Saturday they lose short trip home but then they've got to come home do laundry whatever it is and then you're up on Sunday morning and you're on the plane again coming to Lubbock and then playing Monday night I mean so and, quick trick to trip to Lubbock just a quick aims to Lubbock jaunt yeah that's right that's right so uh and, and, but I, I just think the you know, Bacho had to play a lot of minutes, so I don't know if that knee was flaring up, but he's still not gained all the weight back, and he's still got – I think there's a break in there maybe on that hand or dislocate, severe dislocation. Mm. So, anyways, but uh, th- there's, th- there's that deal. But, yeah, you're, uh, you are you went without your bigs, really, and Kevin O'Banner just stepped up, and he was, a, he was a monster. So, I don't know where we go from here. I still can't believe what I saw. Th- this, this is the kind of game, though, that affects – the top end of the conference race. And it, it, it obviously means that you are not going to go winless in the big 12. Again, it just, none of it made any sense whatsoever. Woo. And I don't <laughs> care where we go from here, to be honest with you, because we don't have to go anywhere until Saturday. So we got a few days as uh, tech fans, not sure the team could do this, but as fans, we got a few days to enjoy this one. <laughs> I mean, it was almost like a foreign feeling, Chris. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is what it's, this is this is the winning feeling right here, and not just the winning feeling, all the other things we've described so far. I get the point that you're making about the recipe for success against LSU, you know, really featured some atypical involvement or production from Kerwin Walton and Elijah Fisher. But I do feel like Fisher, for his 14 minutes compared to other 14-minute sets this year, was fairly impactful. I didn't feel like he had a bad game in your bench overall. That's the bigger point. He was a part of a bench that outscored the opposition, I believe, 24 to 8. And nobody was, you know, really flashing in some huge way, Chris, but you got some production from almost everyone that got significant minutes. And that's really all I think you've been asking for throughout the year. It's not like, hey, Damarian Williams, you got to go score 17 or 18 like you did that one time. Or even Kerwin Walton, hey, 17, 18, let's get 20 out there every night. It'd be great. He'd be a really good team if that was the case. But you just wanted something. And God, I don't know if we'll get it like that again, Chris, but you saw uh, Fisher, Jennings, Williams, Washington, Allen to a lesser extent, but you saw the bench really contribute, and I'll be damned. I would almost say that's the first time <laughs> this season I've seen the bench kind of across the board uh, give you a little something from those reserves. Well, you know, like it, it, it was uh, – and at some points, you just – you understand these kids are kind of growing up a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's it's hard to yeah. measure it just because the competition is just so difficult, and, and it's going to be that way from here on out. But, you know, Lamar Washington, Robert Jennings, is, uh, they have gotten better over, you know, the course of – I mean, think about how different they are as players right now is we're about to get into February compared to what it was at the first of November or first of December. I mean, they, they are, yeah. uh, they're, they're much different. Um, it's not perfect. It's not a finished product by any means, but you get 14 combined from those two freshmen. And you mentioned the, the, the bench scoring 24 to eight. I mean, they, they provide the bulk of that and you needed every one of them. And they're, you know, yes. Robert Jennings was more early in the game. Lamar Washington's was actually more late. If you, if you, if you look into that plus minus stat, which is a bit tricky, I don't think it always tells the whole story with players. I think it's an interesting yeah. data a point 
but he was Lamar Washington is a plus 18. And what that is, is that means that that's the way the game was played whenever he was on the floor. There's so much factored into that, but it's an interesting tell right. on certain guys. Uh, but he had the, the the best plus minus of anybody uh, on the floor. Uh, and I just thought it is. So here's what they had not done a lot of to this point in the season. And and I think you'll see more of it now. And that's playing Davion Harmon and Lamar Washington together. Uh, because I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and and it's tricky because neither one of them is a perimeter threat. Uh, they can both hit jumpers, but they're just not. That's not what you think of. But they're both plus defenders. They are both, uh, you know, I think tough and and, and do some different things. They're, they're not afraid to drive, and you know, they're just not going to hit hit jump shots for the most part. Uh, that again, they can, but I thought, I thought that's kind of part of what changed this game a little bit. Again, Iowa state just had a hard time and, 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 you know, we're sitting here talking about these freshmen, you know, Iowa state has a freshman point guard too, and Taman Lipsy, and he's been really good. I praised him, uh, in the broadcast last night before the game even got going, because he's been like an unsung hero for Iowa state. Cause he wasn't supposed to be their point guard. They had a kid that transferred in from temple that was supposed to be the starting point guard and is a really good player and is out for the season. So here this freshman kid gets handed the keys and it's like, uh, you know, uh, and so he, he doesn't score a lot, does Lipsy. But last night he, he got rattled. He looked like a freshman on the road in the Big 12. And it's hard. The league is tough. I mean, Iowa State got a, got a dose of that too because, I mean, here was the similar thing. It was um, it was thirty nine to twenty at halftime in Ames in favor of Iowa State. It was thirty nine to twenty two at halftime here in Lubbock in favor of Iowa State. I mean, we were watching the same game over again, and then you look up; it's fifty nine to thirty six, and we know what happened in uh, in Ames when they just ran off. And I thought that this that they're just they're just better than you. They are executing. This is good players, better team. Uh, and you're just kind of overwhelmed, and and yet then with about ten minutes to go, yeah, the 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 movie the script writers from Hollywood swoop in and go, you know what? Let's change the ending here, and that's yeah, I don't you know yeah, they went on a coffee break, and a hobo walked by and said, hey guys, you like some mushrooms? And I thought, why not? We got to finish this script, and then all of a sudden the room was upside down. When they seventeen to two run, uh, you go on a seventeen to two run, insane, yeah. No sense. Insane. Outscored by 17 in the first half. You outscore them by 17 in the second half and then by three in OT. I thought it really spoke to what Tech was doing uh, as a team uh, battling-wise as it relates to the number of free throw attempts. They got 37 on that night. They knocked down 26 of them. You know, still not anything to write home about as far as taking advantage of those 37 opportunities. But if you're only going to make 70%, try and shoot 40 or 50, I guess, is a good approach. Um, and Chris, take your pick, man. O'Banner, Harmon, Jalen Tyson at a certain point. These are guys who are dropping marbles on the table. And I was thinking about Tyson when you mentioned, um, you know, talking about on the broadcast, do they have a run in them? I'm not sure they would if Jalen Tyson for a period of time didn't have a run in him. It seemed like he yeah. was one singular Red Raider at one point uh, that was a little pissed off maybe and was not liking the way that game was going. And he did something about it. I was really impressed with all three of those guys, but 
kind of felt like uh, the script flipping kind of began with Jalen Tyson a little bit. Yeah, you know, Cowan, they I think they started to press a bit. Uh, you know, you started to uh, pressure him in the full court, and they, you had Jalen Tyson at the at the front of that. Um, and I thought he he started to generate some steals, some runouts, and you know his length and athleticism. Look, nobody questions Jalen Tyson's uh, talent at times. It's just sometimes he gets I don't know if it's out of control or if it gets too. Uh, we, we know he can rebound, right? And he does it on, on this side. I think he has, what, nine boards? Am I am I seeing that right? Yeah, yeah. he's got nine rebounds. Yeah. But then there's the nights where he just he gets none or one. or And so you just need more consistency, which is the hardest part. Uh, we've talked about this. But I thought he was certainly a catalyst, yeah, because you didn't get it from Kerwin Walton or Elijah Fisher or, yeah. you know. And I thought, you know, the four steals by, by Jalen Tyson certainly. But – O'Banner played to what he's needed to be all season. Uh, and I know yeah. he said after the game was over, hey, we're going to the tournament. That's a fact. You can book it. Uh, I, I would just say we got to get a long way to go here. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I, I thought – but his – because here's the here's the craziest thing. And, and O'Banner was a part of this. I think Lamar was, Jalen Tyson was. Like to, to pull off a comeback, so much has to go right. And and too often you look at you make a run, but then you look up at the end of the game and you can't quite have gotten over the hump and you say, That's why you just can't afford to get down by twenty-three or seventeen or whatever the number was, like you know, because it's just <laughs> right. it's just too hard. And how many times down the stretch did they split at the free throw line? O'Banner did it, Lamar Washington did it, oh, Jalen Tyson yes. did it. So that's the craziest thing is that you still pulled this off, even though you didn't take full advantage of your opportunities at the free throw line. But I just thought O'Banner on the glass, uh, he hit a monster three from the corner. Uh, I just thought he kind of stepped up when you just desperately needed it. And, you know, without him, yeah, you we're, we're probably having a different conversation. But I thought – and, again, he played all the big, you know, uh, bigs minutes uh, in, in the in the basically the entire second half. And – did so without fouling and <clears throat> that's what I was gonna say. You I mean, you're battling on the glass, you competed rebounding wise. There are some sequences that were incredibly frustrating from an offensive rebounding standpoint for Iowa State, oh, but really God. on the night statistically, it wasn't you know your worst day. But you're doing that with with Bacho essentially a non-factor, Amax in a jogging suit, Pop Isaacs is in a jogging suit. I mean, it's just so wild that you pull this off on the night that you did, Chris. But I, uh, I'd i like to wrap it up with Davion Harmon because I thought he was just relentless and, and kind of was in a zone of not being denied uh, as it relates to getting to the, the rim as the game went on. Um, I appreciated his emotion in the post-game press conference. Yeah. Uh, defending his team, defending his coach. Care factor 10 of 10. I mean, you can see it matters to the guy. And also – Five assists, one turnover against Iowa State. I think his last two games now, he's like 11 to three uh, as far as assist to turnover ratio. So with some time, you know, maybe the dude is figuring out how he fits in with this team. But regardless, the tenacity last night to just get to the freaking rim and see what happens. Uh, I love to see from Davion Harmon. Yeah, I mean, at some level, he's he's five of seventeen from the field. He's zero for four from behind the arc. Okay, so just a non, not very efficient. However, what you're talking about is just monster 
monster conus at the end of the game when he just like gets into the lane and he's kind of dribbling, dribbling, and you could sense the urgency in the crowd, like, okay, do something. Like you're just the shot clock is and then he gets into the lane and he just kind of uses his leverage and you know kind of gets near the bucket and he just kind of throws one up and they go in. He did it a couple of times and and at a point when you, you you just okay, it's like it's gonna make or break right here and you had to have it and he he gave it to you. He he repeatedly got to the free throw line. I think he was six of eight there. But yeah, he's got a great personality, heart of gold. Everybody will tell you that. Um, and I thought his emotion was I, I I wasn't expecting that from him after the game. I thought uh, you know, I, I I think it's it's real with him. I think that he's got, you know, he's taken all this hard. And again, when you're the point guard, it's like being the quarterback. You're gonna get a lot of credit, a lot of yeah. criticism, most of it undeserved in, in both cases, but that's just the way it goes. And when you have the ball in your hands in either sport, most of the time, more so than anybody else, the criticism or the praise kind of comes with the territory. Uh, but I thought, yeah, I mean, you know, I, and it was deserving that O'Banner and Harmon were the ones speaking on behalf of their team after the game uh, versus Iowa State. But, yeah, man, I mean, you know, I, I just – damnedest thing I've ever seen. I mean, really, I, I just – I cannot <laughs> – I can't. I can't even. You, you were you were dead in the water. You had the crowd is leaving. It wasn't a big crowd anyway. Uh, you're down twenty three. Uh, it just it just made no sense. And I, I mean, just slowly but surely, in the span of about ten or eleven minutes, it just kind of you chipped away. And so, I mean, this was. You know how I was, was thinking about it at the end of the game, Chris. Glenn Mason, who got fired from Minnesota after Mike Leach did the same thing to him. I the other know. guy. I was oh. thinking about Mike Leach. I was thinking about Mike Leach. I'm like, yeah. what kind of comeback is this? Swing your, swing just, your sword. It reminds you of so many of those football days where you're like, how did we wind up winning yeah. this game again? Two, because two thousand like you're doing anything particularly bowl. well. Yeah. yeah, you just keep battling and uh well, I, I, I'm trying to remember uh, who the player that that said it. There's an NFL films. I'm a big NFL films guy. I love the way the access and the the stuff that they did it. And I it, it, it was like maybe it was uh, it's like Joe Montana. It's one of these old school uh, quarterbacks. And you can hear and this is so back in the 80s, 90s. And he's just going up and down the sideline, and he just keeps telling his guys, "Just keep playing," which. For sometimes for kids and coaches, it's hard to do for fans to kind of pay attention to the watch, just keep playing. But it's like, you know, you, you keep going until they tell you there's no time left. You know, you, you keep going until because I, I did see this, too, which is just wild. This was the is the first one of the power five. But this is the third game in the last 72 hours in college basketball where you've had a 23 point comeback. Third one, 72 hours. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I think think like Western (laughs) Kentucky was featured in one. There's a – but, yeah, I mean, so this was the most high-profile one. But, no, you know, it just – no lead is safe sometimes. Uh, People are too skilled with with the shot making. I mean, because in the NBA, this is every night. And this is every night in the NBA. Like, everybody makes a run. You know, being up 40 and then losing it, it wouldn't just, you know, lead off the news right. just because other team, they have dudes that can make shots from everywhere and, and, and a bunch of them in a row. That's just every team. But in college, this is a bit tricky. There's not as much time. How is it called? 
um, you know, whatever. And I just, I just still have a hard time processing it. I wish I have done better here, but I, I'm just at, kind of at a loss here. And I know it's our job to kind of explain it, but yeah, good luck, people. You're on your own here. <laughs> Texas Tech basketball still best enjoyed with a stiff drink. Uh, celebratory in this instance. Thank God I was tired of crying in my whiskey every time out. Uh, we'll see if they can do anything with it. Got a few days to prepare for a big challenge, to say the least, as you uh, hit the road to take on the Baylor Bears for uh, a nationally televised matchup Saturday afternoon. So plenty of time to think about that one, and we'll have plenty of time to discuss it with you here this week on Locked On Texas Tech. To wrap up today's episode, don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but if you're listening to it, uh, sometime roughly prior to 1 o'clock on Tuesday, then you haven't seen the Big 12 football schedule yet. But you've seen, well, back to what Chris said, a zoo-like atmosphere. Leopards, monkeys, leaked schedules, tech playing a game on a Thursday night. What do we know so far before we've gotten the full picture? We'll get to that coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. Joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always great to be your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan coming to you from west of the 100th meridian where it's really going down. It's a beautiful day in the great state when you do what you've done at United Supermarkets Arena last time around. And as I mentioned a moment ago, we'll get back to Tech Hoops this week, getting ready for Red Raiders and Bears coming up this weekend. But we have painfully agonizingly been preparing to see a big 12 football schedule Chris and this was this is classic big 12 uh to roll it out this week we told you on yesterday's show hey like probably within you know 12 to 24 to 48 hours something like that depending on when you were listening to that show you're gonna get a big 12 football schedule we thought it could have been Monday it was not Monday but the big 12 does announce on Monday hey you're gonna get it at one o'clock on Tuesday and then that's when the fun uh, really began because uh, folks in Fort Worth as it relates to Texas Christian and then eventually I guess the folks in Norman Oklahoma as it relates to the Oklahoma Sooners are putting schedules out there for some reason probably mistaken uh, on websites and whatever and so we begin to glean some things from what was released by those Chris and I guess we'll just start with this simply because we can only talk about what we know we, we don't know what the schedule is going to be yet you may listen to this after you've seen it if you're on the other side of that timeline, but as uh, we're having this conversation, we don't know the full picture yet, but it does sound like based on these leaks, Chris, uh, you were correct. in what you've been saying for a while now that Texas tech was not likely to appear on Oklahoma's schedule. And we got some new piece of information. That's not going down all that smoothly for me as a tech fan, the red Raiders and the horned frogs Thursday, November 2nd from Jones stadium in Lubbock. Let's start with those two uh, two tidbits. Either way you want to go, both really interesting for different reasons. Yeah, what's uh, the the irony is the way you led into this uh, conversation was uh, you know mentioned in the United Supermarkets Arena and then the football schedule. I, you, you, I get a text in the middle of the basketball game and it's like, man, I can't wait that the football schedule is coming out. It's going to pass the time because this basketball team is really, really struggling. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, like you, you, I get all kinds of text messages during games at times from people that are uh, either angry or excited or emotional, and I just thought, yeah. 
uh, go, go figure. Do something, uh, Chris. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, because the Red Raiders would go on to to win that one. Who, who knew? Um, uh, yeah. So I think um, I think what one of the theories out there has been about Oklahoma is that they didn't uh, want to or care for uh, playing any of the new teams. I don't know what's true and what's not there. Okay, so I'm clear. But I think that it's interesting to note that their Oklahoma, if, if this schedule that's out there is to be believed, they're not going to play Texas Tech, Kansas State, or Baylor. And in some ways you say, golly, they did they – because that that's – I mean, Kansas State and Texas Tech are going to be two of the teams predicted to be really, really good next year. And so they they dodge a, a big-time bullet. However, if they really didn't want to play any of the new guys, I think they're pretty much going to play all of them. Uh, so that that's uh, – Hope so. Yeah, that's interesting <laughs> uh, to note. Uh, and when then, it stands to reason, Chris, I don't think, you know, you're just out there on a real thin limb thinking that Oklahoma would be – or Texas – be trying to throw it around and saying, we don't want to play Cincinnati. I mean, it, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think I could buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then the, the Thursday, you know, I, I that's why I kept mentioning the, that that's what you want to look for is like the, the weird, uh, the oddities in the schedule, like the off nights, uh, the Thursdays, yeah. the, the early conference game, when does the bye week come? And really, in one in one little uh, reveal on accident, I guess by TCU, you're going to find out that you you know when you're because you won't play multiple, you'll play you know you are going to be featured on a Thursday night. It's going to be at home, which is tricky. Uh, we can get into that in a in a, in a later uh, show, I guess. And then that also is going to tell you when your bye week is because it's going to be the week uh, the weekend before. Uh, they're not going to make you play on a short week. They're going to give you extra rest. I think that's part of the the contract or part of the deal. But you're gonna you're gonna host TCU, which right now, as we look at it, way 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 ahead of time, that could be one of the featured matchups uh, at the tail end of the season. Don't know, have any idea what these two teams will do between now and then once the season starts. But as you look at it way ahead of time. These two teams could be preseason top 25. These two teams could have some expectations on them, and on and on it goes. And you will host them on a Thursday night and on November the 2nd, I think is what you you told me, Cowan. And so that means what, right? The the right around Halloween or whatever that weekend right before is when you would be off. TCU would be as well. That would be when their bye week will be. So, you know, and so in a weird way, you kind of get uh, – there's the the bad part is that you got to play on Thursday night at home. It's tricky to get the yes. big crowd and the people from out of town can't get here. Your students uh, and parking is a mess. It's just it's just kind of a, a quirky deal. However, from a uh, the positive from it is you kind of squeeze a lot of rest in there in the middle of a season for your team because you get you're going to play like one game in a span of like twenty something days. Okay, so that. Right is like you really get a, a, a squeeze as much out of a bye week as you possibly can. So you kind of almost get like one and a half or two bye weeks, if that makes sense, the way that the, the way it works. So anyway, but that's, yep. that's what we can tell you. Well, 
I, I don't really have any concerns about the crowd. I, I'm sure you'll be able to, especially if it's a relevant game, you're, you're going to pack it out. The, the problem is Texas Christian now is supposed to be one of your premier games on your schedule. I'm supposed to hate them and stuff when we play for a trophy, which I think is cool. I like doing that. But Texas Christian fans don't even really love or hate anyone. There's not enough of them to generate that. So it's hard for us to really get it going. But I'm trying. All right. I'm trying in the new Big 12. I want the full fan dangle. I want all Saturday to get lathered up for a game like that, Chris. I, I really don't worry about the attendance number. I think you had like 59,000 Thursday night against Texas Christian 10 years ago uh, or so. Uh, whenever Gary Patterson and Cliff Kingsbury tangled, you got a 20 to 10 win, I think, over a ranked one yeah. team. We saw about 15 quarterbacks play for Tech that day. Shout uh, out to <laughs> Davis Webb, to Bradley Marquez. That's right. I think, yeah, I'm going to roll That's with right. that. Uh, it, it, it was but I yeah it, it, you'll have a party there i really don't have any yeah. doubt about that but you know what i'm saying and yeah. i know that it's not, it's not guaranteed. The same. like hey you get some nah man it's it's not a saturday uh college football saturday in the fall in west texas so i i don't like that i love the little bonus kind of extended week you get there in the middle or late part of the season i just wish the opponent was another one that wasn't supposed to be one of the bigger games on your home schedule, like give me UCF or, or whoever coming to town on Thursday. Yeah. And I'm probably going to feel differently about it, but them's the breaks and we don't know what other breaks are to come just yet. So be sure to be back here with us tomorrow uh, as the uh, fat woman finally comes out of the big 12 birthday cake and we get <laughs> the full schedule. So we'll break down the full picture with you coming up tomorrow. But as we have the conversation, those are the things that seem to be, reality right now based on uh these real things from from uh, norman oklahoma and, and fort worth so we'll see what else there is to be gleaned and cover it all with you on the next episode of locked on texas tech should we go just for another half hour or so because this is a winning conference basketball episode chris i mean it was kind of fun I hate to let go of it. I feel like Rose letting go of Jack right now. I should keep the show on the door. Let's hang out longer. <laughs> you want to just go get a cup of coffee or something and talk more about this? <laughs> I uh, that great analogy right there. T shout out to Titanic, man. Yeah, that, that's good stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah Rose. Yeah, just, she just shoved him off, and he was frozen, and just off into the blue under there. Leo just went to the bottom of the ocean right there. Um, Life yeah. of privilege, Rose. Boy, <laughs> real witch yeah that's right that's right um uh yeah i mean we, we could keep Do you even remember what show we're on now that i've got you thinking yeah it, it, yeah i'm all i'm, I'm still i haven't had much sleep it's just like yeah it's the whole thing is just a blur um yeah so i don't know Ho hopefully uh yeah, we'll, we'll kind of after we get uh hit the reset button we'll come back and talk about some more uh football schedule stuff <laughs> and this basketball team i guess as the week goes along but yeah still Still yeah. can't believe it. It was uh, an amazing night from United Supermarket Serena. It would be even more amazing if they could do something with it. I didn't hear that Kevin O'Banner comment, by the way, that they're going to the tournament, mark it down, write it down, take a picture. I don't give a what. Uh, so that's interesting. And I assume he's talking NCAA tournament, or is it like a midget wrestling tournament? Or <laughs> I think he meant, the, he meant the NCAA tournament, yeah. He meant we're, the NCAA, yeah. okay. We're All going right. to the tournament, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it was in the post-game press He's conference. basically telling us, Chris, keep hope alive, right? Yes, he is. Uh, and, and, and it was it was in the United <laughs> Supermarkets Arena, man. You know, and again, at times it's not a strategy, but uh, yeah, keep hope alive, people. You just never know, even when you're 23 down. <laughs>
That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Today could be the day that features the biggest comeback of your life. Yes. A journey of a thousand playing. miles begins with the first step. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Rick Cooper. He's probably telling them that in the huddle last night when they're down 24. And uh, I just thought that was a basketball camp message to justify charging you for the free T-shirt. <sighs> what do I know? That's why I'm sitting there. They're sitting there. All right, Chris. Enjoyed it, my man. Hope we have another one of these to discuss like this in the future. Let's go for two now in the Big 12 Conference. Either way, dead ahead, we'll be back talking Big 12 football schedule. I know that on the other side, so be here for it. Subscribe on YouTube so you never miss an episode or find Locked on Texas Tech for your first listen. Anywhere you get podcasts. We hope for your second listen, you'll check out Locked on College Basketball, the one-stop college hoops shop on the Locked on Podcast Network. That's Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. All right. Thanks, Chris. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan, and thank you for joining us again. We'll see you for the next one on Locked On Texas Tech.